Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, welcome to the middle. I'm Jordana Levine. And I'm Holly as a party. I'm not going to read out a an individual comment from the Facebook group this week because we had such an amazing response to the body image thread that we put up last week oh, in the Facebook Joel. group, asking people to name the favourite parts of their body. It was so beautiful and heartwarming to read, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. I keep going back to it and reading through everything multiple times because – how often do we celebrate those parts of ourselves? Never. It was great. And you know what? Like, I, and I'm interested to hear if you felt the same or if listeners felt the same. I would read someone say, I love my skin. I love my decolletage. I love my eyes. And I would go, oh, I love those things about me too. Yes. You know, I was like, the exact same. Yeah, and, and I love those my collarbones. Yes. Oh my God, I loved it. Loved everything about it. Yeah, it was so good. So thank you to everyone for being vulnerable and sharing. And it's so nice. It's so nice, that community. God, we're lucky. We are so lucky. It wasn't ever a plan, right? When we started the potty, we're like, oh, we'll get a few listeners. We'll have a fun time. But the community aspect is one of the biggest gifts, I reckon. Yeah, I think so too. So, George, Mm. let's do a little check-in because... (laughs) We are. Uh-oh. Let's let's go from heartwarming to God who knows. Um, <laughs> we're almost halfway through Scorpio season, and Mercury has been retrograde for a little over a week now. Yep. How? What's come up for you? How are you feeling? What hasn't come up for me? I, I have to say, um, I'm feeling it very, very, very deeply. Um, and nothing that I can't handle and nothing that I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. But it's been it's been one transformative blow after another. And now I'm just sort of in the transitional spaces waiting for the rebirths. <laughs> um, but they're coming, they're coming. And I have to say, like, I think there's a lot to be said about um, self-awareness but also energy awareness. And, like, being aware of what's going on makes it even though it feels really heavy and big um and sometimes it feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel being aware of it makes it a a much more um easeful process and um yeah i have to say like in terms of the mercury so i mean scorpio is one thing wow Mm. to the intensity and i think it's kind of cruel we'll get to this in a minute but i think it's kind of cruel that it comes up right before christmas all this stuff it's like whoa um (laughs) but the mercury stuff i've really been feeling it on a deep deep soul level and i said in our mercury retrograde episode that you know intuition will be heightened psychic abilities will be heightened channels will be open um and it's really a time to slow down and process rather than be active and do and try and you know all of that sort of stuff and i've been feeling that so intensely and i mentioned in that episode that my sun moon and ascendant are all governed by mercury Um, And I've really felt like I've had no choice but to slow down. It's like I (laughs) I have very little energy in my body. Like I actually Mm. am physically tired. But also um, I've I've just needed the space and the stillness away from the hustle and bustle of this time of year to really be able to process everything that Scorpio is bringing up. You know, they're sort of working hand in hand. It's a layered approach. It's so interesting, Jord, because Scorpio has definitely brought a lot of emotion up for me. I think there was a solid nine days from the start of Scorpio season where I cried every day. Um, so the emotion, emotional catharsis has been a real thing for me. And then when we hit Mercury retrograde, I was like, all right, what's going to go on here? But as you said, knowing what 
it could bring up. I purposely slowed down for a good period there. But then I got to launching My Body, My Home and I had to ramp things up and it was juggling almost this feeling of impatience and needing to push and going into that heightened almost uh, adrenally fight and flight energy and then all of the technology things not working. Like yesterday, my swipe up wasn't working. It's going, Holly, be present, slow down and stop rushing so much. So it's nice to know when you're aware of the lessons that if you come back to them, it can be easeful because I actually feel this mercury, I mean, fucking touch wood, I'm so nervous to say this, but it, it could it could be more challenging than I've been experiencing it. Do you, does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that depending on what sign mercury is in is when it's in retrograde is how you're going to experience it, right? So true. Um, they've all been in water signs this year, and this one has felt deeply emotional, but very in- deeply intense. So yes. it's like it's it's pushed you in its stillness, in its slowing down, into the darkness, which is which is fine. I um, would like in the future if when you're deciding to run an online program, you check in with me first to make <laughs> sure that it's not during Mercury retrograde. Guys, this has been a real thing last week, as it, well, yeah, last week when you're listening to this, and I was withdrawn in a moment of just absolute emotional breakdown where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So much emergence of limiting beliefs, Jord, that I probably haven't felt it as intensely the entirety of running my business, like I'm talking imposter syndrome and self-sabotage and who am I to be doing this? And the biggest fear in my head was I'm gonna go have to I'm gonna have to go back to corporate and stop everything I'm doing. It was so irrational and I knew it, but I still felt it so intensely. It was wild. Yeah. But I think the I think the biggest thing is when it comes to promotion during Mercury Retrograde, because what's going on is there's there's a dormancy around the transmission of information so you're trying to communicate a message and people are trying to receive a message and perhaps there's like this kind of like blurry vision between the two and that's what's really hard about having an online business when all the things that govern online um are dormant and especially when you're um when mercury governs Virgo and I have Virgo in what's the communication planet I mean we'll talk about this later but Mercury. Um, oh Merc- yeah Mercury so Virgo in Mercury so my communication is like case in point fucking whack it's hard for me to articulate right now so I'm definitely going to check in with you later <laughs> about when I can do all my launching next year <laughs> yeah good also I was thinking this morning when I was in the shower you know how we were talking about um dealing with change and as change comes up you know how to allow yourself to process it without slipping back into your comfort zone knowing that you know real change comes when we're feeling discomfort um and i said oh you know do something that you're still safe in while you can feel discomfort and i thought of another thing this morning so right at the end of my shower i always blast it to freezing cold And it's like the most torturous experience of my life. And the discomfort is like so intense. I feel like I can't breathe, but I'm absolutely safe the entire time. So if people need a little bit of a wake up call during Scorpio season and Mercury retrograde, switch the shower to cold right at the end. Or even go, the water right now is quite icy, the ocean. So jumping in and just getting your head under and being like, (gasps) and then running out, that's a really good idea. Mm. Uh, you've been having crazy dreams as well. Is is it affecting sleep? I, well, I, look, I can only speak from a personal perspective, but I've had lots of people saying the same thing. I always have, I always have quite intense dreams, but they've been particularly vivid so much so that I'll remember them in detail. I mean, I had one a few weeks ago that I remember in specific detail still. It's wild. Um, but yeah, every morning I'll wake up with intense dreams and I have to write them down. Sometimes there's some really good stuff in there. Sometimes there's some really whack stuff in there. I was talking to my mum the other day, actually, because this mm. used to happen to me a lot when I was a kid. And um, she said to me, what's most important in a dream is not the visual, it's what you're feeling. So the feelings are real. The way that you visually interpret it 
is not always what you're prophesizing. Yeah. So um, she's like, make sure you're writing down what you're experiencing and what you're feeling while you're dreaming rather than what you're seeing while you're dreaming. I actually, in an old dream journal I had, it had the prompts, my dream was, and I felt, and putting that out. So there's definitely merit in that. Yeah. But yes, there's been a lot of people having like very, very vivid dreams. And for me, I think that, you know how we spoke about with Halloween um, and Scorpio, there's this thin veil between spirit world and uh, physical real life world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's what this dream is. It's like that these dreams are. It's like this thin veil between even just conscious and subconscious. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, the line's a little blurry. Um, and so we're experiencing a lot more. So if you are having really vivid dreams at the moment, um, definitely pay attention to them. And like I said, not the specifics of the visual, but what um, emotions and feelings are coming up through them. When you were speaking, Jord, I also realized that in my personal experience, I have also been having the dreams, but also just receiving signs from like universal signs in day-to-day life. I've been getting a lot more of those, like a dragonfly is a sign for me and one just went right in the front of my face the other day and like a white feather or a ladybug or the, the angel numbers. I feel we're more open and receptive to receiving those now. So if you're in a position where you want to ask your guides for a sign, for a clear yes or no sign, now's the time to ask because I do feel they're coming in thick and fast. Yeah. Well, that's that That's that Mercury retrograde gift. It's like we can't rely on external technology. We can't rely on classic forms of communication, but it is opening up the portal to communicating with the other realms. 11.11, as I said that. Shut up. Mm. Um, on this, though, you mentioned there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And for us, it comes in the form of, number one, Sagittarius season. But number two, the silly season. And you you pulled a face at Sagittarius season. <laughs> no, no. Sag is a good season, actually, because it brings fire back in after that bloody intensity of Purge. the water. <laughs> Um, No, it's good. It's a good season. Yeah, Sag season and also the silly season. Oh, how do you feel about the silly season, Hull? Look, the older I get, the less silly it is. And I don't like that. No, (laughs) I was thinking about this, Jord. And especially Christmas and New Year's, it holds such a point of nostalgia for me. And maybe that's the Mercury talking. (laughs) But I loved Christmas growing up because it was time for my big families to get together and we'd see my mum's side on Christmas Eve and then my dad's side on Christmas Day and it was all about the food and laughter and, yeah, presents, but presents isn't top of my love language list. For me, it was more about connection and food and those sorts of things. But the older that I get, Jord, to be honest, the less this time of year has felt like my own, it's felt like everyone else's and all the other people I need to see and all the other things I need to go to so much so that this year I'm really hoping for a Christmas day where I don't have to drive to 50 different places to see all of the people so it's interesting I I don't know how how do you feel about the silly season no like I feel like when I was uh, like working corporate silly season was more of a thing there were like several office Christmas parties friends would have Christmas parties there'd be like a special girlfriend's like Christmas dinner and then mm. there'd be like for another group there'd be like a Christmas lunch and then because I have I was going to say a broken home my home's not broken at all because my parents are divorced so I've got lots of different <laughs> families um, yeah. like lots of different kind of Christmases um, and my parents live quite far apart now so I usually have to choose one of them for Christmas day you know Ails. like whole big thing um, now it's super simple like when you work for yourself I, I don't even have a Christmas party no. so we should definitely have a middle <gasps> Christmas party oh my god yeah it's yeah. done oh this is so exciting <laughs> But other than that, like that, that'll be it for me. Um, I am not going to either family for Christmas this year. Um, I'm just going to stay at home. I just, I've been traveling so much this year and I'm exhausted. Um, and I've got lots of friends. I mean, my family know I love them, even if I'm not there on Christmas Day. But I've got lots of friends that don't have family uh, in Byron. So, 
Uh, I'm going to hang around and we'll probably do like an orphan's Christmas and just make it really simple. I, To be honest with you, like I'm really not big on presents either. I do love a Christmas tree and I love um, – I love putting on a lunch. Like that's really exciting for me. But other than that, like it's just another, it's just another holiday. And I kind of get frustrated having to share my weekdays with people that are on school holidays and away from work. It's exactly exactly (laughs) what I feel like. I'm like, we're in a really privileged position because I remember not too long ago working in corporate and the feeling in the air when you like the buses are decorated with tinsel and the the Christmas, the Westfield in the city has their tree up and people just, there's a spring in everyone's step because I feel like it's, oh my God, we only have a few weeks left to work. It's not even that serious work anyway. And we get four weeks off. Yes. And the energy shifts into this relaxed, less stressed state. But because you and I are kind of like that on the reg, most of the time, we don't get to buy into that because we're already there. (laughs) And to be honest with you, like it can be quite a stressful time of year for me anyway, as a small business, because I don't really make much money over December, January. All my copywriting clients are quiet. Um, online yeah. sales kind of slow down a bit around Christmas, New Year. Absolutely. And it can actually be a really scary time because we don't get holiday pay. No. And, um, yeah, bang on, George. I didn't even think of that, but yeah. you're right. And there's we don't get of, the annual leave. <laughs> no, we don't get the annual leave. And there's lots more money spent around that time of year. And so, yeah, it can actually be really stressful as well. Mm. Yeah. What about New Year's? Are you someone who celebrates New Year's? I've never been a big New Year's Eve person. I felt like any time I tried to make a big plan, it always kind of went to shit. Always. Always, right? And, like, I never – I don't like crowds, you know, I don't like crowds. So, like, I never – when I was living in Sydney, I never wanted to go into the city. Like, I always had to decide how long and and what route I would have to take to get home and how long that was going to take me. And would I have to walk, you know, for hours because I couldn't get a cab? And, like, that's just, like, No, no. So, yeah, my favourite kind of New Year's is at a house with really close friends and lots of food and drink and just fun times. 100%. 100%. I've had the exact same experience of New Year's with you. Anytime I plan to be the best New Year's ever, it's always such a flop. And the best New Year's I've had have both been times when I've been overseas. So this nice. New Year, I celebrated with Trent's family in Vietnam, which is beautiful. And a couple of years ago, Trent and I were in Fiji, and that was really beautiful as well. So it's nice to be doing something different and holidaying I think because then you start the year in that relaxed state but absolutely yeah I actually love waking up on New Year's Day not hungover yes and going for a swim and up really early and no one's up it's it's one of my favorite things to do I've had many New Year's where I've done nothing like me too absolutely nothing there was one year where all of our friends went to Bali, Trent included, and I said, no, I don't want to go. And they, everyone was like, there was, they got a villa. There were about 12 of them. And they're like, what do you mean, Holly? I'm like, I just, intuition's telling me not to go. And I had New Year's, I house sat Leah's place, and then I went and saw my friend Jess and then came home and spent New Year's Eve and New Year's Day on my own. And intuition was so bang on because Trent got severe food poisoning and could not leave the villa for like five days and if I was there I mean it would have been great for him to have me there but it's also great that I missed out on that (laughs) but also you could have got food poisoning too right yeah I dodged a bullet you dodged a bullet (laughs) yeah it's so funny I think that a lot of fears um come up for people around this time of year you know something else that always gets me at this time of year is this would be my, I want to say, I haven't counted, I probably should have done that, but maybe my sixth Christmas in a row single. Wow. Yeah. And that's really hard. One of those I was with a partner, but he was living in Hong Kong, so it didn't count. But yeah, yeah. it's like, so I get to this time of year and I'm like, oh no, not another Christmas on my own. I, I, yeah, I didn't even think that that would be a thing, but it would, it would be tough. It would absolutely be tough. Yeah. It's sort of, I think because there's so much, I mean, I'm never alone because I've got so much family and, and so many beautiful friends, but it's this idea of what is sold to you at Christmas time. 
Yeah. You know, and the marketing yeah. and the the love story and the movies and love actually. Love like, actually. All of that sort of stuff. And you're like, it does bring up for people that are on their own this sense of I want to say because this is what I feel sometimes it's this kind of sense of failure and like not having achieved the goal of the festive season again you know yeah that's really that's a really interesting point because obviously I've had a different experience I do want to say though in having been with Trent for x amount of years and both of our parents not being together over the last probably three Christmases, Trent and I haven't seen each other because he's had to go see his mum and see his dad and I've had to go see my mum and see my dad. And I said to Trent, that's enough. This year we are having Christmas together. If family want to see us, they can come to us no matter where we are. But I actually want a Christmas with my partner for once. I'm the same as you, George. Like my dad lives, you know, four hours away. So if I'm having Christmas at his, I'm literally away from everyone for a few days. And yeah, it you, that missing link and that connection piece is so key at Christmas time. Yeah, but also not because it's just another day of the year. So this is the other thing, right? It's like, I mean, I'm not a particularly religious person. I know that you're not. No. Um, and so Christmas is a hallmark holiday. It's not really a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Is that Christmas? No, that's Easter. No, that's Christmas. No, that's Christmas. <laughs> Not a religious person, are you, Jules? I did go to a Catholic high school I was about to years. say, didn't you go to a Catholic school? <laughs> so did I. Um, do you know what I love about Christmas? And that's the question I want to ask us both. Like, what is Christmas to us? And Christmas to me is going and looking at the beautiful Christmas lights on houses. I love that so much. Like, drives around fancy neighborhoods oh my god i love that too they don't really do that up here oh well you're gonna have to come to sydney and do some christmas light stalking but i love christmas lights i love a christmas tree and decorating the tree i love christmas carols so much oh god you know my dad always puts on um the bob dylan christmas album it is the most excruciating christmas album you've ever listened to it's terrible I think it's the dad thing. They have their Christmas playlist that they re- yeah. resort every year. Yeah. I mean, my favourite's Michael Bublé for sure. My- Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey, come on. Yeah, but she doesn't have a whole Christmas album, does she? Yes. Does she? You haven't heard it? No, I don't think so. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. We're going to do Christmas lunch and play Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey. I know. This wasn't I- meant to be a Christmas episode. Sorry, folks. We were just going to talk about the silly season, but there you go. <laughs> well, let's I, – I want to keep talking about Christmas, but maybe we'll do a Christmas special later. Yeah, I'm going to do a Christmas special because I really want to um, – just so everybody knows, we, we'll do a special closer to Christmas. We'll give a, pretty much a whole episode of Christmas Recos and, um, yeah, fun Christmas stories and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So let's yeah. pump the brakes here at Christmas time and go into silly season. So is the silly season classified as – I know, I don't know, like basically summer in Australia. Is that what the silly season is? Well, no, I think it's when things start getting silly. It, it's this <laughs> idea of the festive season, right? So in Australia, I guess it's like, um, yeah, the lead up to Christmas. Um, Christmas parties start from like early December. Yeah. Work closes down. It's summer. So we're out until, you know, quite late at night because the sun's still up. And then you've got New Year's and then you've got Australia Day and, you know, oh, like yeah. it just keeps going and going and going. So yeah. I feel like the silly season goes from early December until late Jan. Yeah. In the States, they've got Thanksgiving late November. So their silly season starts late November and then I think it just keeps going until, you know, mid-Jan. And why do they call it silly season? Because I feel like I'm silly all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because people just get drunk People and silly are, oh yeah so, I mean, right. so this is the thing right like when I was in Sydney going to all the Christmas parties and stuff there was a lot of drinking in December and January even if you didn't really want to be drinking it was just like every party you went to mm-hmm. they'd put a champagne in your hand and then you know one champagne mm-hmm. leads to two and then there'd be lots of food food to eat and then you know I just remember feeling gross every silly season it's almost like any rule 
like rules don't apply yeah. during this silly season. Like binge drinking doesn't count. And it's like, well, no, it actually does. Yeah, and it's like, this, do you want to feel like a consistent state of hungover <laughs> or do you actually want to feel like alive and vital in yeah. this silly season? It's yeah. like that thing. It's like on Christmas Day when people eat like five serves of something, like they're never going to get food again. And I'm like, you can have turkey any time of the year. Like, do you know that about the world? Like turkey is oh. available. All year round. (laughs) I eat so much on Christmas Day. And Christmas, I remember when I was, oh, we're back at Christmas. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) But I would have chocolate for breakfast every Christmas when I grew up. Like, you know, those little chocolate stockings? It was like, yeah, it's Christmas, so I'm allowed chocolate for breakfast. Rules do not apply in the silly season. Yeah, which is okay when the silly season's a week, but when it's two months, it's a long time. Mm, it's so interesting, isn't it? It's I'm I'm thinking of the energetics around it and it's that people are less uptight, less stressed, they're relaxed, like they're relaxed in their energy and so they're relaxed in every other area of their life, be it, you know, the way that they fuel themselves, whether they're exercising or not, who they're hanging out with, whether they're, you know, I was gonna go down the drugs path or whatever it is, people are just looser. You know what's interesting is that January is Aquarius season. And oh Aquarius, God, is so all, Aquarius is all about the change maker. So that's when people are like, I'm going to change my life. It's the new year. You know? It, oh like, my it God. all makes sense, this astrology shit, doesn't it? This astrology shit is on point. Uh, so does that make Jesus was a Capricorn? Yeah, Jesus was a Capricorn. Of course he was. Wow. Yeah, so you go, yeah, so sorry, Capricorn gets you, Capricorn's like earth, earths you and gets you through what was December and the rest of it, and then we switch into Aquarius. It's like we catapult up. Yeah. It's like a launch pad. Mm. Wow, this is fascinating. But, I mean, we're still in Scorpio season, guys. This is just everything we have to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, and we will come out of this. We will. It's been a, it's been a big one. I was talking to a... Um, energy worker the other day and she said that the transformation that's taking place at the moment is quite generational as well because we've got all this stuff going on with Pluto that's been in Capricorn for a really long time and it's uh, I will talk about this later but it's like it's square Mars I don't know a lot about when things start squaring and doing all that stuff but there's a lot going on energetically that's ramping up the Scorpio energy because Pluto mm. rules Scorpio. So it's like, it's not just your average Scorpio season. Yeah, because we, yeah, we've got all of the layers. So what about you, Hole? Like, I feel like I've bared my soul. What comes up for you in the silly season? You just having a cruisy life? Well, well, I mean, I'd like to think I do. But no, for me, the silly season is a time where two things emerge. One is my people-pleasing comes out in, like, another level because – a lot more people have a lot more free time and are wanting to we're wanting to see everyone there's events on there's parties on and so it's saying yes to everything because everyone's got all the time and space and then the other thing is that piece around not filling space just because you have it right it's like okay i'm going to go to this lunch and then i'm going to follow with this dinner and then i'm going to see this person for brunch the next day and da, 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 da. and then we wonder why we get to the end of january and we're so exhausted even though it's the start of a fresh brand new year and it's because we've back to backed ourselves with obligations social catch up and for you and i at least jord i know that work doesn't actually stop for us over that time we'll, we'll get a little lax with it but it doesn't go away entirely. And so they're the pieces that I feel I want to be really conscious of this silly season is not feeling obligated to say yes to every event or catch up that lands in my inbox or is in my like texted to me because I feel like I should. Mm. And also really like really being focused on creating space each day and each week so that the things that actually make me feel good aren't then second best like my meditation practice like my beach walks that are just me listening to a podcast or whatever it is you know like we can really give up on the practices that we usually have in our day-to-day life because silly season no rules apply totally and then yeah. it comes january and everyone's like oh shit and right. they're like trying to journal and meditate and do all the things again. Force it in. It's like, yeah. oh, fell off the bandwagon, but we actually don't have to if we're oh. making a conscious effort of just 
sticking to the priorities that make us feel good regardless of what time of year it is. Yeah, that's a really good point. I remember um, when I was working in corporate and there was a – because I was in the media, everyone had a Christmas party like every day. Um, I remember feeling obligated to do so much and in those obligations it meant that there were a lot of my – practices that just went out the window because I was making the other stuff priority so I guess now um, what I would do in those situations and I know a lot of people are going through them is say like what is my intention of going to this particular event is my intention to go because it's a good uh, good opportunity to network with people in my industry Um, it'll look good to the bosses and whatever like definitely then go is my intention of going to write myself off because I've had a really hard week at work? Probably wouldn't go then. You know what yeah. I mean? Like just seeing what your intention is behind it. And also you can go, and I know this is like the most painful thing to hear, but you can go to a Christmas party and drink water or kombucha. Like that is absolutely okay too. Do you know what the best thing to do is? Is you go and you arrive little bit after start time but pretty close to start time and then you get one drink and you just hold that drink the whole time so people don't have to offer to buy you one or can I get you anything why aren't you drinking whatever you just hold that one drink the entire time and then when people are getting a little sloppy you just smoke bomb you just leave do not say goodbye just go I'm the queen of the smoke bomb like I, Mm -hmm. I love a good smoke bomb I just think that if you have to stop and say goodbye to everybody it's just an opportunity to get stuck. Yeah, always. And once you're stuck, it's very hard to get unstuck. It so is, it's true. And and when people are drinking, people actually don't care. They're just like, oh, I'll stay, but they actually don't care. If they you smoke do bomb, do a little commando roll out, make it like a stylish exit, you're good. You're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I want to say on that, that all, I'm getting all these memories of silly season antics. I used to feel like I needed a different outfit for every event. Oh, my God, yes. Wear the same outfit to every single event. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's actually so true. Yeah. And, and you know, if you want to keep recycling, which we should be, sustainability, I think that get a really basic black dress mm-hmm. and you can just keep changing your earrings. And your shoes. Yeah. And your hairdo. That's a really good point. Jod, what are you reckoning this week? Well, uh, it's a bit of a home remedy this week. Oh yeah, um, I make my own body scrub, and um, I started making it because I liked the way it made my skin feel. But then, with a few added ingredients, um, I actually use it now when um, the energy, aka Scorpio season, is getting a little heckers. And Ooh. sometimes after I have some crazy dreams and I feel like spirit or some sort of entity is kind of attached to me, um, I'll just scrub myself with it to cleanse as well. So it's um, raw sugar. I won't give you quantities, just play around with it. Raw sugar. So that's like the really um, big crystallized sugar. And I just get like Woolworths brand. Like you don't have to get anything fancy. Um, coconut oil. You want the coconut oil just so it mixes well to be soft or completely runny, but not hard because that's going to be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, I also mix a little bit of some sort of other carrier oil. So like apricot kernel oil or almond oil or some sort of skin oil that's good for your Mm. skin. And then um, I put in pink Himalayan salt. And this is what is going to cleanse all of the um, negative energy off you so it's really good after any kind of healing session or anything like that so i would go probably like two-thirds sugar to one-third salt yeah wow you can buy the salt from like those bulk food stores um yeah i don't know i'm I'm sure you can buy it from woolies but the fine like fine you don't want um you don't want like those big rocks that would hurt a lot So you either want, and not flakes, because they'll dissolve in the coconut oil as it sits over time. So just like finely ground salt, like looks like table salt, but pink Himalayan. So uh, yeah, so raw sugar, pink Himalayan, coconut oil, some sort of other carrier oil. And then I put essential oils in there. So I like to put something grounding like cedar wood. And then I put something like lavender or rose, or you can play around with whatever smells are good for you. 
it's the softest my skin has ever felt. And because there's quite a bit of oil in it, scrub, 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 oil, wash it off, but the oil will still stick to you. And then when you hop out of the shower, just pat yourself dry. Don't wipe yourself dry. And I have to say that um, I've been complimented on the softness of my skin so many times. And then I say to people, oh, I bathe in milk. And they go, <laughs> really? Like that's what it feels like. Your skin feels like you've been bathing in milk. Joe, this is my favorite reco you've ever given. Oh, it's really good. It's really cheap. Um, and I mean, you could make it as Christmas presents if you wanted to. Oh, but could. Yeah, I just do a – I've got an old scrub tub. So, oh, you can't see. But, you know, yay big, your average size scrub tub. And I just fill it up. And so I'm literally going to make this this weekend. Yeah, so I rub it on – I wet myself and then I stand out of the water and scrub myself down so you get a good scrub out of it. You could do it on dry skin, but I just think that might be too much. And then, yeah, just wash it off. It's so – honestly, guys, like, it's amazing. And it would smell so good as well. So good. I'm, I – it's so funny because really, like, <laughs> I remember one of my partners saying to me, he's like, uh, so what's in this? And I was like, sugar and coconut oil? He's like, it's like you're baking a cake. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, almost. Like, like you could eat it. That's why it tastes so delicious. You could eat it. Oh, well, that's the other That's the other thing it's really good for is rubbing on your lips to exfoliate your lips when your lips oh, get dry. That is so important as well. I have a bite lip scrub, which is sugar and agave, mm. and putting it on your lips. Oh, my gosh, your lips are so soft afterwards. Yeah, so that's my reco this week. What a reco. Yeah. Good one, Charlotte. Holly, what's your reco? Mine is of the food variety. I know that we love these ones. And this is from a brand called Naturus or Naturus. I can't pronounce it right. How do you but spell it? N-A-T-U-R-I-S. Okay. Naturus, do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, and it's their grain-free bread, George. So it's the bread that I have every morning. And if you are a gluten-free lover, you know how hard it is to find bread that actually has a good texture and is gluten-free and tastes good Mm. and, you know, butter melts into it and all those sorts of things. And I started with their buckwheat loaf. So Naturist does a buckwheat loaf as well. But I was finding that it wasn't settling well in my stomach. And I spoke to my local health food store, um, the woman who works there, and she said, yeah, me too, try their grain-free bread. I've been having it for about two weeks now and it is so great so it's gluten-free wheat-free yeast-free sugar-free and dairy-free so what's in it nuts (laughs) absolutely nothing no it's this is the list i'll read the ingredients list organic buckwheat meal organic buckwheat kernels organic chickpea flour organic olive oil sea salt and purified water hmm so it's called their gluten-free, grain-free bread. But is buckwheat a grain? It's a seed. But okay. it's, it's a pseudo It's a pseudo grain. But this is not to be confused with their buckwheat loaf. It, their buckwheat bread is great as well. It just made so my tummy funny. why do you think you can digest this one better if it's got buckwheat in it still? I don't know. Should I look at the ingredients of the buckwheat loaf? Sure. Maybe I'll do that offline. <laughs> I mean, do you guys really want to see this? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see the difference. I'm a slut for knowledge after all. You are such that's a how, slut. That's how Gemini's were described on CoStar this morning. <laughs> You're a little slut for knowledge. Okay, this is, this is so interesting. So in the buckwheat loaf, it's got organic buckwheat meal, organic whole buckwheat kernels, and organic rice flour, oh. and, and sunflower oil, not olive oil. Well, you wouldn't be reacting to the sunflower oil. But, it must be the whole kernels. Yeah, it's the whole kernels. You're probably not digesting them properly. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Now, for a loaf of bread, it's a small loaf of bread. It sits in the fridge, $7.50. You can get, you can order on their website, so I'll pop that in the newsletter list. Um, but they've also got a stocker search on their website and all good health food stores and flanneries definitely stock them. Yeah, awesome. Oh, that's yeah. so good because, you know, a lot of the grain-free loaves have, like, a ton of almond meal in them. So I can't eat them, and it's really annoying. No, I think you'll like this one, Joy. It's a good texture too. It's and they're small little loaves, like small little slices, but they're very filling. 
the melting of the butter and then you put every mite on top, maybe some avocado as well. Oh my gosh. And it's, I toast it and have it as toast, but you can also have it as, now nah, you'd want to toast it regardless, I reckon. You wouldn't next, have it by itself. Next time you come up here, we'll go to Sunday Sustainable Bakery one morning and get a fresh loaf of their gluten-free bread. It's made with buckwheat flour and I think arrowroot flour. Uh, not buckwheat, sorry, chickpea flour and arrowroot flour. It's so soft that you can make a sandwich out of it. See, that is the making of a good gluten-free loaf. But only on the first day maybe and then it goes rock and then it goes hard but Mm -hmm. good for toasting still but for sandwich but we'll get it because it's so yummy hold so yay yay good reco babe so good thanks so what are you teaching us today jord god it's so big and um Mm. when we decided to teach you guys i was like yeah we'll just run through them but like it's a lot so just strap yourselves in um (laughs) we're going to talk a little bit about the individual planets um, and how they, not, not from a science perspective, but how they rule astrologically within our natal chart and the effects that we have, we might feel from them and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. there's a lot. I, I don't want to go too in-depth. I'll try and keep it as basic as possible. Cool. Um, so first of all, let's start with the luminaries. And the luminaries, of course, are the sun and the moon because they count. Yeah? Yeah. So the sun is exactly what you think it is it's like when we were talking about the elements you know like it's very obvious to start to see what the significance of all of these planets are when you know a little bit about them as a planet of course so obviously the sun is not a planet the sun is a star um the sun is our life force and it is the creator of life and energy so if you think about that on a really personal level it's what drives us it's how we express our life force into the world. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's our sun sign, pretty much. Yeah. So it yeah. is the ruler of the whatever astrological sign what the sun was in when you were born. So for you, Hull, it's Leo. Yeah. Yeah. So when we live fully in our sun, so when you're like really embracing the energy of Leo, you experience the fullness and richness of who we are. I love that. Yeah. Our spirit feels vitalized and we feel impelled to seek our true individual and conscious potential. So Mm. when people don't feel aligned with their sun and they try and push it away, that's when they're going to experience problems. When When we neglect our sun, we can feel depressed and deflated. We can feel like we've lost direction and that we lack purpose. Oh my god, that oh, you that resonates so strongly with me. Just keep Does going, it? but whoa, yeah, big. Okay, and so the sign that the sun rules is Leo. Yeah, yeah. So double whammy. Double I love whammy. The sun. Yeah. Um, next luminary is the moon, Ooh. and unlike the sun, which is the creator of life and energy, the moon is all about our soul and we how we feel emotion on a deep soul level. Mm. It's reflective and it's responsive. So if you think of the moon, a lot of people think of like the full moon and it's like the giver of light. It's actually not the giver of light. It's in darkness. The only way that we on earth can experience the light of the moon is with the sun, is with the light force of the sun, right? So its energy is beyond logic and reason, relying primarily on habit, gut feeling, instinct and mood. It's wow. really important that we nurture our soul. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of people that feel like they um, can't connect with their moon sign and reject their moon sign, which I did for so long. I used to reject mm. the Virgo side of me. I really struggled to find this like equilibrium between sun and moon because Mm -hmm. my Gemini traits are very different to my Virgo traits. So I just push my Virgo traits out, but Mm -hmm. I've slowly started to um, embrace them and nurture them. And I realized that when my moon is being nurtured, then it serves me a lot better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It's fascinating. The sign that the moon rules is cancer. Oh, beautiful. All of the feelings. (laughs) Okay. So then what happens is there's like three categories that you can put the planets into. We've got our personal planets, our transpersonal planets, and our and the great teachers of the solar system. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the personal planets are Mercury, Venus, and Mars. 
Um, it's the way we communicate, Mercury. The way we relate relationships and secure and feel securities through Venus, and the way that we activate is through Mars. So they're the personal planets. Okay. Um, these planets, um, in terms of the way that they move through the, system, uh, the solar system, is they move quite quickly. So they can dramatically change the birth charts of individuals born within the same year, for example. So as we go through to some of the planets. Yeah. Um, later, you'll see that they're there for generations and through decades, but the personal yeah. planets move quite fast. So that's, you know, even if you've got a friend that was born a couple of months after you, their Mercury, Venus and Mars might be quite different to yours. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So Mercury, the function of Mercury, we're all very familiar with it, is the transmission of information and communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it rules Gemini and Virgo. Um, its sole function is to transport information both to and from the brain, which makes it a very cerebral planet. Wow. It's all about thinking, the mechanics, anything concerned with the mental state. It deals with facts, logic, and reason. So wow. when you think about some of the things governed by Mercury, you know, technology and travel, they very much fall into those categories, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's all about taking data in and sending data out, sort of like an antenna and satellite. So you can see when it's in retrograde and it's dormant, why many of us really struggle. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I guess some of the um, the ways that uh, Mercury can be expressed is through teaching, writing, talking, listening. There are all sorts of Mercury kind of traits. Cool. Yeah. Um, then we've got Venus. And Venus, uh, the function of Venus is like equilibrium, balance, security, harmony. It's all about love, relating with others, and beauty. Can you guess, and you probably know some of these, but can you think what two signs Venus would rule with thinking of those things, with those things in mind? Is Libra one of them? Libra is one of them, yeah. And there's one more. Is it Virgo? No. No, no, Mercury rules Virgo. Oh, yeah. Um, Venus. Oh, God, I don't know. Taurus. Of course. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So on a personal level, Venus um, looks for much like Libra does, harmony, yeah, through the balancing mm. of minds and through the balancing of relationships. Yeah, it's a very creative planet. It's all about art and beauty. Um, And it also, this is where the Taurus aspects comes in. It finds comfort through the tangible things. So money, possessions, things that make us feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. I can Um, feel that. Yeah, it's also very much about peace. It represents pieces of feeling, mainly concerned with the senses of sight and touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about luxury and wealth and grace and diplomacy. It. It's really beautiful. It's a very feminine energy. Yeah, I can feel that. I yeah. can feel that. Feels feels quite gentle. Yeah. So then in contrast, we've got Mars. Mm. And Mars, the function of Mars is self-will and courage. It's uh it's got a lot to do with conflict and aggression. It's yeah. they call it the planet of war, like the god of war. Right. Yeah. So can you think about what the sign <laughs> the sign for Mars could be? It's not it's not Scorpio, is it? No. No, no. So no. it's like action based, will, courage, oh. conflict. Oh, um Capricorn or Sagittarius? <laughs> We're not gonna play this game anymore. It's Aries. <laughs> oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the angry signs. <laughs> So Mars is all about action. It's the energy of overcoming adversity and standing firm in the face of danger. Mm. Um, Its function is to express and satisfy the will. So that's where Aries comes in. The mantra for Aries is I will. I will. Okay. Um, And this idea of I want, therefore I get. It's a very masculine energy. Um, Yeah, it's it's synonymous with war, but also with courage and bravery. Mm. Um, Mars realizes that to attain this bravery, it may need to confront obstacles, maybe climbing mountains, fighting battles, that kind of thing. 
right. It's upheavals shit. Yeah. So do you know what planet, do you know what yeah. sign Mars is in? For, um, for me? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting? Mercury, Venus and Mars are all in the same sign oh, that's for me. Right. They're that's all right. in Virgo. Yeah. That's so interesting. Isn't that heavy? <laughs> no, it's not heavy at all. I'd be interested to hear what the um, significance of that is. Yeah, all of my personal planets are in Virgo. Have you asked, Jules? No, I should, though. I should do another natal chart reading. What's your Mars in? Oh, yours is in Scorpio. Yeah, my Mars is in Scorpio and my Venus is in Gemini, which is hilarious (laughs) because they're the most mismatched signs. (laughs) What's your Mercury in? Uh, Taurus. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's why um, I can give really clear, practical communication. Yeah, uh, mm. we, we're, that's why we both can kind of do that. We both yeah. got earth signs in our communication. Yeah. But we're double S. <laughs> eh! um, okay, so the great teachers of the planets are Jupiter okay. and Saturn. Okay. Jupiter is all about luck, growth, and wisdom. It's a really beautiful planet. Jupiter is the planet of expansion um, and the search for meaning and truth. It represents philosophy, religion, metaphysics, and education. I like Jupiter. Jupiter yeah. sounds great. <laughs> it's the planet that pushes us to continue exploring, um, asks us to be quite curious and look for the answers, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's also the planet that can lead to overindulgence. Um, it stays in a sign for about two to three years, so it'll move to a new sign, yeah, every two to three years. And the sign that Jupiter rules is... Aquarius. Sagittarius. <laughs> I suck at this game. <laughs> so on the flip side to Jupiter, which is really beautiful and expansive and, you know, has a searching for meaning and truth, we then have Saturn, who is the taskmaster. And oh. Saturn is all about discipline and challenges. Um, can you think about what sign that might be? Capricorn. Yes. Bang on. Oh. And my Saturn is in Capricorn too. There you go. So Saturn <laughs> is known as the great disciplinarian planet. It's the mm. planet of rules, restriction, personal responsibility, respect for tradition, and the courage to face our fears. Saturn is all about laws and boundaries and limits set by society. Yeah, it shapes yeah. our personal duty during times of hardship. Um, and it also, much like Jupiter, moves into a new sign every two to three years. Yeah, wow. Okay. This is so interesting. Yeah. Um, Okay, transpersonal planets. So transpersonal planets are more generational in nature. So all people born at a certain time will have planets in the same sign. Now, interestingly enough, we're born five years apart. Yep. And we don't have many transpersonal planets the same. No, so we've we've hit those different generational points. Yeah, which is so interesting. interesting. I know. Um, okay, so the first one is Uranus. It's all about innovation and change. So can you think what sign that might be under? Innovation and change. I mean, uh, an air sign, no? Change, the change Aquarius. maker. Yeah. Uranus is the planetary ruler of Aquarius. It governs invention, new ways of thinking, revolutionary ideas. Uranus's energy is usually described as sudden, shocking, disruptive, much like Aquarius. (laughs) Eye roll. (laughs) Uranus is unique. Even as it rotates uh, the sun, it's doing its own thing by rolling rather than spinning. That is such an Aquarian thing to do. Isn't it? Even, like, it's na- it says here, it's natural planetary energy is going against the grain. I love oh that. Much respect. So yeah. Um, so it takes a full seven years to move from one sign into another. Wow. Yeah. So we must have just missed each other's seven-year period. Interesting. Neptune. What's your Uranus? Um, I don't know. Let me your check. generation? My generation, your Uranus will be in Capricorn. My Uranus is in Sag. Okay, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so Neptune. Oh, it's one of my favorite planets. I'm gonna tell really? you. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Neptune, and then I want you to, based on what I say, I want mm. you to tell me the ruler, what sign it rules. Okay. 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 So it's the planet, uh, the planet of dreams and healing. It mm. governs. It governs the urge to dissolve the ego 
to become one with others and to enter into altered states of being. <laughs> I know what this planet it is It rules <laughs> our dreams and ideals. It represents things that aren't quite as they appear. So the mysterious, the elusive, the unreal. It's beyond boundary and logic and earthly interpretation. Um, it works against everything mm -hmm. that is understood by the five senses, transcending the realm of the mental and tangible. Neptune is spirit. So it's really beautiful, but the energy of Neptune, I think, can be quite um, alluring where, where it can kind of lead us into spaces of being out of touch with reality. It's a Pisces. It is definitely a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> the first line I'm like Piscean <laughs> what's your Neptune in Capricorn again same so we're, okay. we're the same we're in the that. same yeah okay um okay so this is the last planet and it's big guys um Pluto okay Pluto is the power of death uh, sorry it sorry Pluto is the planet of power and it gets its power from death and transformation this powerful planet has dominion over drastic changes that bring true upheavals. It tears things down to build them back up. So you can only imagine what its fucking sign is. Scorpio. Yeah. So like I said earlier in this show, we're in Scorpio season, but there's also this square that's happening between Mars and Pluto. And because Pluto rules Scorpio and Mars is the planet of aggression and action, and conflict it's like this this massive energy and i think this is what people are feeling so intensely at the moment especially if their pluto is in scorpio which is yours because mine is yeah yeah i think most of us is it's it's so we're all feeling it collectively yeah 12 to 15 years it stays fuck yeah. that's a lot oh actually to take on. no my pluto's in libra Oh, mine's in Scorpio. There you go. <laughs> Heavy. Uh, Pluto will transform the areas of your life that need to undergo regeneration, whether you ask for it or not. <laughs> Every time you experience dramatic crisis or have to endure terrible suffering for the purpose of healing, it can be linked to Pluto's movement through your chart. <sighs> Jeez Louise. So Pluto's function is to face the demons and disempower them. Pluto is about taking back the power you have given to your fears. It's the it's the it's the classic phoenix rising from the ashes. Like it could not be more Scorpio if it tried. It's getting knocked down but getting up again because nothing's ever going to keep you down. That's right. <laughs> it's so funny though. Before Pluto, um, oh, hang on, let me get this right. The traditional ruler of Scorpio was actually Mars before oh. Pluto was discovered, and then they discovered Pluto, and they were like, "Oh no, this is definitely <laughs> the ruler." absolutely yeah that is so funny and funnily enough jupiter was the traditional ruler of pisces before neptune was discovered yeah it didn't, doesn't make sense that way does it no 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 it does it does because jupiter is all about um uh expansion of the mind and um, oh, of abundance and you know like different philosophy and religion and faith yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah. Wow, this has mm. been so interesting, Jord. I yeah. love it so much because I feel like the sun and the moon get all of the limelight and then Mercury every now and then. That's right. That's right. But there's a lot of planets going on upstairs, guys. Yeah, Just... and, and going retrograde as well. Like last year, I remember Venus went retrograde in... Oh, I think it was in Libra and it was just so confronting for relationships. Yes. Oh, mm. God. I mean, that probably would have made a lot of sense for me last year. And there was a period as well, something happened in, oh, I forget, but everyone was saying, don't cut your hair or change your appearance because the planet's going rogue right now and you regret it. That was also, that was Venus in retrograde. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember that so clearly. I'm like, I trust what everyone is saying. <laughs> it's not like you, Hull. <laughs> That's so Heavy. funny. Um... So, Hull, we get lots of questions about uh, joining the newsletter list. That's your domain. What should people do? To join the newsletter list, just jump on the link in our bio and our Instagram page. So the Instagram is at the underscore middle underscore podcast. 
Hit the link in the bio, subscribe to the list. Newsletters go out every hump day, sometimes on a Thursday as well. And we add our bonus recos in there as well. So you get not one, but two recos from each of us every week. So, so good. And actually, you know what would be really lovely? I'll start a thread in the Facebook group, but... We are going to do a big Christmas episode with lots of recos. I'd love to hear your Christmas recos too, and we might feature some of them on the potty. That's a great idea. Like yeah. Christmas present recos, Christmas albums, just Christmas fun times. Yeah, yeah. So we'll start a thread this week. I um, love that. We love you guys. Peace we out. We love you. Stay tuned. <laughs>